Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? The word parable, it, it means to teach doctrine in a way that's to set alongside. That's what the word means, to set alongside or to cast alongside. So it's bringing a truth, bringing a truth through a narrative. You can have a narrative, and then there'll be a spiritual truth that you lay alongside of that. And, and you know, you've probably seen people in the secular world even think back. Some of you have to think way back. You know, I'm not going to look directly at you, but some of you have to think way back. Think of junior high, high school, maybe even college. Remember you had that one teacher that was just amazing? Hopefully you had that person. Mine was Mr. Reeser. He was my eighth grade history teacher. And man, even though my friends were like, that's boring, I don't want to go in there. Man, I couldn't wait to go into his class. I never took a single note and I aced every test because all I would do is just sit there and listen to him teach. His stories were so profound. He would bring history to life. He would give real life stories and lessons and he would bring all of this stuff together. And I would just sit there in awe. To this day, I remember I could probably pass this test to this day. I'm not kidding. And it's just neat because when a person teaches like that, when they bring a narrative and they bring a truth alongside of it, you remember. But there's something different about parables. Because parables had a hidden meaning. Do you understand that? They could only be spiritually discerned. They could only be discerned. You had to have the cipher. You had to have the key to understand what the parable was. I like how uh, Pastor David Guzik explains this in his commentary. It's a little long, but I think it's worth it. He says this, A parable isn't exactly an illustration. A good teacher can illustrate by stating a truth and then illustrating the truth through a story or an analogy. But when Jesus used parables, he didn't start by starting a, or stating a truth. Instead, the parable was like a doorway. Jesus' listeners stood at the doorway and heard him. If they were not interested, they stayed on the outside. But if they were interested, they could walk through the doorway and think about the truth behind the parable and what it meant to their lives. He adds, however, if you don't understand the key to the parable, you don't, un you don't understand the parable at all. And then uh, Robertson's word pictures in the New Testament, he also states this. He says, without the key to the parables, they are hard to understand. For parables veil the truth of the kingdom being stated in terms of another realm. Without a spiritual truth and insight, they are unintelligible. So I think we get that again. But we're going to see why Jesus chose to teach with parables a little later on. But this parable that we're looking at today is often called the parable of the sower or the parable of the seeds. But when you really study this out, more appropriately, it should be called the parable of the soils. Because we're going to be looking at four soils, four different soils, and the reaction to the word of God, to the gospel. Those soils. In verse 3, he says, Listen, Jesus says, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside. That's the first one. And the birds of the air came and devoured it. It was devoured, though. 
Verse 5 says, some fell on stony ground, that's the second one, where it did not have much earth, and it immediately sprang up because it had no depth of earth. It was shallow. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away, it died. It withered also. And verse 7 says, and some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop, but other seed fell on good ground. And yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I pray we hear because when you look at the parable of the four soils, it's obvious which one we desire and should desire to be. That last one. But he's teaching this. And again, while many of us just understand these spiritual truths, in those days, remember this. This was all new to them. They'd never heard a guy preach from a boat. (laughs) <laughs> you know, they were used to the synagogues. They were used to the, the rabbis. They would say, well, Rabbi so-and-so said this, and Rabbi Hillel said this. You know, they didn't teach from a place of authority. Um, they just would regurgitate stuff, and it was always in the synagogues or in the temple. They, didn't, they weren't used to some guy walking around preaching this stuff. This was all new. This was all brand new to them. And so it's no wonder that his disciples and others around him were having a hard time understanding what he was saying. Verse 10 says this, But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. This is kind of funny. Again, harken back to your school days, if that didn't hurt your brain the first time. Harken back to your school days. Remember when you were in junior high or high school especially, and the teacher was explaining something and you didn't understand? But you didn't want to raise your hand and ask a question because you felt like you're gonna, you, you must be the only one with that question and you were going to look stupid. Right? Again, am I the only one? Okay. So, I mean, that happens, right? So here's the thing. That's kind of what's going on here. You know, it kind of reminds me of my sense of humor, come to think of it. You know, you guys are, I was thinking about this. You know, it's kind of like my sense of humor. You know, the thing is, is sometimes I'll I'll deliver one of my magnificent um, examples of humor. And some of you will look at me, like many of you, most of you will look at me, and you'll just be like, what does that, what does it even mean? And then it's not until after church or we go to lunch, and you'll come up to me kind of sheepishly, and you'll say, you know, I didn't really get that joke. What were you talking about? You know, after I recover, I get a little wounded, a little offended. You know, I try. I try to just get through it. But afterwards, you know, I explain those amazing jokes to people. And it's crazy, though, because they still don't get them. And they're like, oh, is that it? That's it? And I'm like, you know, I had one guy. I was like, you don't like my jokes? I don't understand. And he says, well, you know, Marty, he pats me on the shoulder. And he says, denial is not just a river in Egypt. And I was like... Well, you can't be talking about my jokes. I refuse to believe that, you know. And again, welcome, you know, for those of you who don't. You'll get to experience some of my humor, and and you probably need to pray for me. But this is what it's like. You know, the disciples are alone with Jesus, and they're like, hey, (laughs) Jesus, what do you mean by that? That's the Marty version again. But that's exactly what's really going on here. But Jesus has a way better answer than I have. Look at verse 11 and 12. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So that seeing, they may see not, see and not perceive. And hearing, they may hear and not understand. Lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Wow. When you first see that, it might give you a false impression. So I'll come back to that. But 
just know it's a powerful thing which he's saying. But understand that first word mystery. I want to deal with that. Because you know in the Bible there's at least seven main times in the New Testament where we're told about mysteries. There's eight really, but that's, I won't go into that. There's seven main times. And understand when a mystery is given in the scripture, it's not something that can't be known. It's not something that can't be known. It's something that wasn't known, but is now known. In the Greek language, the word is mysterion. Okay? And that's what it means. It means something that was hidden but is no longer hidden. Mysterion. It sounds like a superhero, doesn't it? I was thinking about this, too. See, these are the things that keep me up at night. Mysterion. You know, you could just hear it's some superhero. And him and Captain Obvious probably battle. You know, Captain Obvious. It's obvious. No, it's a mystery. I could just see him fighting over this stuff. But this is the great thing about Scripture is that Jesus tells us there are mysteries we can know. Mysteries in the Scripture that we can know. They were not once known. They were shielded. They were veiled to the world. But now we know as believers, with the Spirit of God living in us, those in the kingdom of God, we are given this privilege to understand. And that's what he's telling them. He's telling them, you are given to know this mystery. You, are, you can understand this mystery. But notice, it's only those who are in Christ who can understand these mysteries. Only those he has chosen. And this is a challenging statement there in verse 12 that it says, so that, this is those on the outside, it says, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And so when you first read that, you think, wow, that sounds like Jesus is saying that some are saved and some are going to hell and there's nothing you can do about it. Okay? But I have to tell you, without going down that rabbit hole, because I don't want to do that today, but what Jesus is saying here is he's actually quoting a verse, a passage from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. We won't go there today, but I'll tell you what that passage is all about. That passage is about Isaiah preaching to a people with hard hearts, with hard hearts who had already made up their mind, and by teaching them, by preaching to them, they were heaping up more condemnation upon themselves because they were hearing more truth. And really what's going on here, what Jesus is talking about, first of all, he's saying those who are in the kingdom, those who are of Christ, will understand these parables if they choose to, if they choose to go deeper. But he's saying those that are outside, that have already hardened their hearts, that have already made the choice, he's not going to teach them just directly because they would be heaping up condemnation and judgment upon themselves. It's an act of mercy that he didn't speak clearly and straightly to those folks that he taught in parables. That's an amazing thing. But G. Campbell Morgan explains some of this in his commentary. He says, Jesus didn't use parables to blind people, but because they were blind. Therefore, Jesus used the parabolic method not in order to blind them, but in order to make them look again. Not in order to prevent them from coming to forgiveness, but in order to lure them toward new attention. And Pastor David Guzik, again, and he, uses, uh, he actually quotes Norvell uh, Geldenhoy's commentary, where he talks about how it's an act of mercy that Jesus taught in parables for those who already had hard hearts. And he says that the Lord taught this way so that their guilt may not accumulate the Lord no longer addresses them directly in explicit teachings during the period immediately preceding the crucifixion, but instead in, in parables. Do you get that? It's pretty profound. But then we see Jesus taught this way, and he taught these parables for a primary purpose. Look at verse 13. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org.
Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, GolgothaFellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A Fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.